Hello, this is Rhett, the DM for Stack of Dice, and I'm coming to you with another special episode. This time it's about the Norse battle. At the end of this week's episode, you may have noticed a special section that may be new in your experience of tabletop role-playing games. In it, we take the time to award experience points for things that have occurred during that game. Okay, so that's not necessarily new. It's after that, when we take time to dole out smaller XP awards for other little actions or fun moments. This is the part of the game that I've affectionately come to call the Norse Battle. We use this period for recapping notable things accomplished or even attempted during that game. We've based this section very loosely on the recorded habit of ancient warriors to brag about their bravery in battle as a way of preserving or defending their exploits. One of the more well-known accounts of this behavior may be found in the great Anglo-Saxon epic of Beowulf. By the way, if you're a DM looking for inspiration for how to describe a feast hall or capture the attitude of a bunch of warriors, Beowulf is a pretty good place to find what you're looking for. Depending on the translation, there's plenty there from which to draw. The best part is that you can dig into it online for free, and I'll include links to some translations in this special episode's show notes. By the way, any direct quotes I'll make in this short episode are from the Howell Chickering translation, although there are plenty out there to include a prose translation by J.R.R. Tolkien. I particularly like the Chickering text. First, mine includes the original language on the facing page, and I just love rolling those ancient words around. In addition to the fact that they feed my abiding love for language, they make me feel closer in touch with a time period that simply captivates me. And my second reason for choosing it is that it's really fun to say chickering. Chickering. Anyway, starting in line 491 of Beowulf, we find ourselves at a feast at the Great Hall of Heorot, and the action begins when a warrior by the name of Unferth decides he wants to knock Beowulf down a peg, as it says, for he would not grant that any other man under the heavens might ever care more for famous deeds than he himself. This translation seems to indicate Unferth is all about ensuring the veracity of the tales told at these events, but other translations make it seem more like he sees himself in a competition with Beowulf and doesn't want to get showed up. I'll stick with Mr. Chickering's take on it and assume that Unferth's goal is to debunk Beowulf's feat of a swimming contest that seems to have gotten quite out of hand. By the account, Unferth says, you both toiled seven nights driven by the waves. A few lines down, we also find that they brought their swords and armor with them, as it says, to protect us from whales' tusks. Whoa. That's impressive. But the downside, as Unferth apparently gleefully relates, is that in that swimming he overcame you, had greater strength. Beowulf, not one to take a slight against his prowess lying down, defends himself. After attacking the warrior state, he says, Unferth, my friend, full of beer, he talks about how he was first dragged down by a fierce sea monster, and then managed to fend off other monsters presumably attracted by blood in the water. When the morning dawns and the contestants wash up on a nearby shore, Beowulf, as he, in his own words, 
had chanced to kill some nine sea beasts. And then he caps it off with this statement. I never have heard such struggle, sword terror, told about you. Yeah, take that, Unferth. As a result, Hrothgar, king of the Shielding people, and Wealthel, his queen, give food and drink to the Danish warriors who had traveled some distance to help them out with a particularly nasty Grendel infestation. And that's really it. In our Norse battle section of an episode, we're effectively reviving the custom of telling tales and attacking or defending these accounts to establish warrior cred in a very public way. Our own Norse battle is a way of reliving the points we felt were especially cool and memorable. And here's the best part. The players don't even necessarily need to have been successful to get awarded. Because I encourage role-playing and taking risks, I'll gladly give small rewards here and there regardless of whether something worked as intended. As I see it, both success and failure are helpful in experiential learning. It all plays into character development. Maybe a failure discourages a player from trying a risky feat again. Then again, perhaps a last-ditch effort requires a desperate attempt at something that didn't work previously. I'm just going to have to see what comes of it. There's no telling with Womberbash, Tira, and Peter, and that's just fine with me. It's one of the best parts about D&D. Unlike the tradition we've talked about, however, the players aren't in this for shameless self-promotion. So far, they've done a really good job of calling out each other's accomplishments in the spirit of fair play that I expect from them. I certainly don't have a problem with someone sticking up for a personal decision. Typically, however, I'll only grant Norse Battle XP if the character did not receive some in-game benefit, such as inspiration, payment, or some other bonus, for quick thinking. That way we're cutting down on double dipping. This isn't a hard and fast rule, however. If something was really critical to the party's success, I might be persuaded to grant additional XP on top of an in-game bonus. We'll just have to see. And so, as we wind down, I'll say that if this is a new game aspect to you, consider trying it out. Certainly not every DM does this, but I learned and grew to appreciate this technique in college when I played with a small group there, because it's a wonderfully fun way to wrap up an evening of gaming. It can bring to mind things that might otherwise be lost in the shuffling of character sheets. As I mentioned in our intro episode, if this idea interests you, please grab it and run with it. If you hate it, just leave it in the dust. But hopefully you'll come to enjoy the way we use it in our games. And that's about all I have to say about that. Do you have thoughts or questions about the Norse battle approach or about our game so far? Share your ideas with us on our Twitter page using the at Stackadice handle. And as always, thanks so much for listening. We are just starting out, so every download, every mention to a friend, every review helps us extend our story to just a few more people. And so, until next time, we at Stack of Dice want to wish you happy gaming.